0: on local now channel 525 the views and opinions expressed by rob black and his guests are not necessarily those of kdow or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision welcome in rob black and your money i'm rob black talking investing and much much more I saw that two employees of Target recently were videotaping each other, pushing each other around in a cart inside of Target, posted on the internet, having fun, and the memes are great. One of them gets fired. So that's out there, right? California's economy. So I guess what I'm saying is, careful what you videotape and careful what you post on Facebook. Have we not learned that yet? You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. fired. California now has the fifth biggest economy in the world. Why are we part of the United States? It's a good question. Why do we get two votes in the House of Representatives instead of, you know, our various senators? So we're the fifth biggest economy in the world, ahead of the U.K. Now, that makes me feel bad for the U.K., and all their their bangers and mash and bad teeth and such they've got a queen but California's economy is so large it's grown so quickly it's now the fifth biggest in the world all by itself only bigger Germany Japan China and the United States Texas is number 11 but Texas is way off of Italy Brazil France India and the United Kingdom New York New York uh, compared to New York, to California, New York is 1.5 trillion. California is 2.7 trillion. New York City. New York City. There you go. The pay gap between women and men in tech is so wide. Think about this about the, as far as the California economy. The pay gap in tech is so wide between men and women. It changes the U.S. statistic. San Francisco's pay gap comes out to about $5,328, while the pay gap in San Francisco is about 14450 So it's a pretty big pay gap between New Jersey and San Francisco, per se. Now, one of the people that I absolutely love, and the whole pay gap thing is, again, we're the fifth largest economy in the world. Why do we have that pay gap? especially as conscious as we are. We don't, we don't really like plastic straws. We don't really like plastic bags. But we get over it. Warren Buffett's one of my favorite people to study. And I love listening to him. And I think CNBC did something incredibly smart. They've started archiving all the interviews they've done with him over the years. I think when he dies, it's somebody that I will point my children to and say, you should listen to him. Go to that CNBC site. He echoed criticism of stock picker's fees when he compared them to what brokers charge in real estate. Now, listen to this. This is just a guy who thinks about money all the time. He said, Broker's fees aren't crazy compared to the value they add by helping change people's lives through home ownership. He said, Another couple, you know, Buffett said Berkshire may acquire other real estate agents. They own a lot of the biggest real estate companies in the United States. They change people's lives, in his opinion, by giving them the home appreciation, home ownership thing. Now, he looks at hedge funds who pick stocks, who broker stocks, not houses, and he said that you know, going the, the way of an index fund is way better than picking a, a, a human relationship per se. So give it a little bit of time, and then start thinking about what he's going after. Broker's fees aren't crazy compared to the value they add by helping change people's lives by finding the right neighborhood, the right schools, and uh, other areas. Now, he owns Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. It's a residential real estate brokerage business. It's now the second largest in the United States. Um, And again, he's talking about how it changes people's lives to have a good real estate agent. And I kind of agree with that. It's one of the big... um, Things about owning a home, it's yours. On some level, it is. Don't pay your taxes. You'll find out that it's not. Don't pay your mortgage. You'll find out it's the banks. But, you know, moving around in your younger years is awesome. There's going to be a lot of job changes. There's going to be a lot of bouncing around from New York to Beijing to California to Texas to the world economy is going to be there for the next few years, to say the least, right? So when you do finally buy a house, enjoy it. Um, it provides comfort and consistency. And they say consistency wins all battles. Um, it, it's an interesting concept that, that Buffett is going down because I, I think it does play into why you want to own a home. After spending decades of renting, you're like paying yourself. And it's, on some levels, you're kind of forcing yourself into a planned saving, which is if you leave it up to the average person, do you really think the average person's gonna save an extra eight hundred dollars a month? But if you get a second home and your mortgage is three thousand, but eight hundred is going to principal, didn't you just save eight hundred a month? So I'm not a budget, you know be careful, right? I almost said budget Nazi. I can see the emails coming in. Right? Are you with me or against me? I can see the emails coming in, and like you can't use the word Nazi to describe how you do budgets. Nazis killed people. Nazis cooked people. Can you believe that? And like, yeah, I totally. I can't use the word Nazi. I think you get what I'm trying to say. I know, I know, I know. Shame on me. So I'll say a a a budget strictitarian. I'm like, I'm not the the disciplinarian. If you don't do it. But even having a home, like if you get an extra room and you put a home office into it, you kind of dedicate, you know, getting ahead, doing a little extra saving. Um, I, I like it. So you can have whatever pets you want. You can have whatever plants you want. You don't have that homeowner's association. Uh, you have somewhere to come home to, which almost as important as some place to go to when you go out on vacation. So, so that's out there. Um, so, I, I do think home ownership is important. I do think I get the idea of you know, why we're doing this. And Buffett saying real estate agents change people's lives, real estate brokers, home brokers, you know, I'll sell you a house, we'll match a buyer and a seller and we'll get all the paperwork done. I, I, I do think he's onto something there. So, so that's out there. YouTube has over 1.8 billion users every month. That's pretty close to Facebook. And if you're ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, you're saying, um, look at our sexy weather person. Because how do you compete with 1.8 billion users every month? Now, it's, it's fascinating because like, Netflix is a closed ecosystem of, of they have to license the content or create the content. You look at YouTube and people are watching videos of me. And there's being ads served to them from like Fidelity, uh, 1.8 billion eyeballs. I like the YouTube's eyeballs way better than Facebook's eyeballs. But because it's closer to ABC, ABC, CBS, Fox world that I, I know better. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black show, Twitter Rob Black show, YouTube Rob Black show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from seven to nine on AM twelve twenty KDOW, and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or kdow dot biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at seven. I'm Rob Black talking money bestie. I'm not always gonna get it right, but darn it if I'm not gonna try to get it right on this show, I'm trying to get you to retirement. Um, any way I can. And there's lessons to be learned. You know, when you see oil pushing up to intra-year highs, it's going to be a problem down the road. Now, again, $60 we could deal with, $70 barrel we could deal with, but somewhere around 80 to 120 it really starts to slow economies. And we have a president who's having problems with North Korea. You have a president who's having problems with Iran. It creates political instability. And that can... That, Unstableness or unstable can create, you know, pushes of, of grandeur on oil prices, which could create inflation for you and me and the world. General Electric has lost half its value. Now, General Electric, I once nicknamed the General. I know you're saying that's cute. They had so many businesses from turbines to television all across the United States, light bulbs. You can kind of count on them to like reflect our economy. And, you know, in radio, you come up with dumb phrases as our economy goes, so goes the stock market. And one stock that was the economy was GE. And yet they've fallen apart. You know how? Too much debt, leverage balance sheet. Too much debt, leverage balance sheet. Same thing, right? Now, GE once was the economy, right? Are you still with me? You're tracking? what happened? Too much debt, leverage balance sheet. Now, I look at companies as human beings because the IRS looks at companies as human beings. They're taxed like a human being. Now, for me, I look at GE and I go, wow, what happened? Too much debt, leverage balance sheet. But it's a company. But does that not teach me what can go wrong with me? I'll give you the extreme example, but I can also give you me. I just bought a second home, right? I get away uh, somewhere for some downtime. Um, years and years of saving, years and years of being thrifty, years and years of investing. So that extra home puts in an extra payment, which puts in extra utility cost, extra everything. You know, am I going to cut cable at one place? I'm going to share cable. I don't know. I don't really have an answer for that. I've, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm working through it. But I have a friend who uh, had the unfortunate situation of having a sister who's disabled, but her handicap is typically, probably perception-wise, more laziness and socially just unacceptable. Like, she's very, very, very goth. And try to think that you're going to get into, uh, be a receptionist at a dental office, you're probably going to run into... You know some some people judging you by your the clothes you wear and such. So she's got a sister who's a little bit she, she's on permanent disability and she's done that with you know a lot of social awkwardness but also um, some disability in there. So she's super successful. Her sister not. Her mom big woman. Her dad mechanic at United. So for years and years and years and years, he's a mechanic at United, and he owns a home in Fremont. And finally, he goes, you know what? I this has done great. I've been a mechanic for twenty plus years, and you know, I, I, my home has gone from two hundred thousand up to eight hundred thousand. I'm going to take some money out and buy another home. So he does that, puts a renter in. Awesome, right? Someone's paying the mortgage. Does it again, but this time the terms aren't quite as well, and the person he puts in, it's not quite covering the mortgage, but if the house goes up in appreciation, he'll be fine. Does it again, and then the economy turns south in 2006. The real estate market just gets just devastated, and the economy gets devastated, 10% unemployment. Renters were losing their jobs, so he lost one home, two homes, three homes, all four homes, including his original home. Why? Because he had too much debt, too much leverage. Leverage balance sheet, right? So at one point in time, he was fine with his job and his house, and he did well. He, He took money out once, and he did well. He could have left it there, but he continued to push it. And what was his downfall? Much like General Electric, the general who was the economy, too much debt, too much leverage balance sheet. When times are good, they're very, very good. When times are bad, they're very, very, very bad. And leverage will wipe you out, whereas it'll make you rich on the upside, but it's only rich until you pay taxes. And then what do you have left over? And what do you do? A friend of mine, uh, he's going through a pretty ugly divorce right now, and he's like, hey, can you watch my kids? I think he wants to get some sexy time. I think his ex-wife wants to get some sexy time. So it's like have someone else watch your kids. So, you know, crazy, right? But he was talking about the divorce and how expensive it is. And the reality is he's kind of stuck right now in life because he loves the Bay Area. But once you leave the Bay Area, you probably don't get back in the Bay Area. It's the first rule of Fight Club. So GE had a lot of debt. Remember, we talked about too much debt, too much leverage balance sheet. But they also had great cash flows. The cash flow was able to service their debt. And when the cash flow started to dry up, that's when their debt became a problem. Now, cash flow with a renter is he pays your rent? He pays his rent to you, and you pay your his cash to the bank for the mortgage. So what started going bad with GE? Their cash flow started to dry up. Also, their culture started to change. Remember the culture of the mechanic at United? Oh, and by the way, after he lost all four houses, he also his wife had a stroke, and then he he got into a carpet company because he was trying to make up extra money, and he died. So, he's left his family with nothing but a wife who's had two big strokes and is immobile. One daughter who can't work and another daughter who's successful and now feels the pressure of taking care of those two people while she's trying to have a family of her own. So, anyway, the culture changed in his life. He went from being a mechanic with a house and a family to being a real estate developer, a real estate investor. And he didn't see it coming. And he had... Like GE, he had a weak board of directors. GE's board, they could have like, seen some of these problems and said, let's fix them. Let's jettison this business. Let's get out of this business. Let's, let's raise cash for this. Let's sell this one. While times were healthy, the board failed. But also in the, the mechanics situation, his friends and family failed. His board of directors, people who know him should have said, you know what? You've done pretty good with one. Maybe give it some time. Pay down some debt. Make sure you're in the clear in a worst-case scenario. And it got really complex at GE. They weren't able to spread their risk effectively. And sometimes you too and me, and we all can't spread our risk. So we keep doing the same thing. Tech stocks or real estate or you know, 8% oil wells. No diversification and you go down. At some point in time, you don't get back up. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, invested in more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Chipotle's had a mess on their hands, but they've recently figured out that DoorDash can get burritos sold, not in your store, but to your customers in your area and to their house. Ding, dong, (laughs) DoorDash. I know you're saying that's horrible. And you'd be correct. So I grew up in a world that diet and exercise were the two things that those were the pillars of of good health, right? A good diet and good exercise. But I grew up in that world. Forgive me, because we've also recently learned maybe there's other pillars of good health. And I don't know. I don't want to go too too far into this, but in the world of investing, you get into a lot of trouble when you, you're like, things are good. The stock market always goes up. I've got $1 million, $2 million, $3 million, $4 million. I got 100000 200000 and you kind of get into that, right? And you kind of like, ev- things are good. So you look at the pillars of your, your future. You look at the pillars of your job. You look at the pillars of your, your budget. But the two pillars of, of health has been exercise and diet. Now there's a new one out there that they're making you stop and think about meditation. Is meditation part of a healthier lifestyle? I regularly meditate twice plus a day. Um, and I would tell you like I would probably be doing gummy marijuana or I would probably be drinking. I would probably find some sort of thing to release stress and anxiety if it wasn't meditation. I love meditation. It helps me. I'm not saying it's going to help you, but it's, it's a pillar of my health. But even let's let's forget meditation because that's not accepted yet. There's now a study. There's studies out there that say taking saunas is associated with a more than 60% reduction in stroke risk. This grows questions, right? You're like, okay, who can afford a sauna? Who can't afford a sauna? Both hot and cold. So we're starting to learn that extreme temperatures can be healthy for you. Why do people jump into ice rivers? You know, Tony Robbins, I'm Tony Robbins. Ah, ah, ah. For some reason, he sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger to be in an action film, right? So he's like, I take an ice bath every day. Ah, Tony Robbins, ah, I'll be back. And he's got that same Schwarzenegger kind of action hero busted mouth. I'll be back. I have no respect for Tony Robbins. Uh, If he ever wants to do good and give everyone money back that went to his seminars that didn't go on to become winners, then maybe. Maybe. I'm not a big seminar, you know, uh, do-it-yourself kind of rah-rah-rah. Like one of the, 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 the tricks that they do is walking on fire. But it doesn't take a smart person to learn that you can't walk on fire without burning your feet. So what you do is you learn that some things freeze at different temperatures, some things burn at different temperatures. You learn this in chemistry, right? Um, some sort of science class growing up. I hope you did. So they use you, they use a wood that doesn't get quite as hot, so you're able to walk on it. Woo! Isn't that great? On the coals? No, no, it's not great. It doesn't mean you're going to wake up and be no! in power. So we're learning. One more pillar is that you can cut your chance of a stroke by 60% by sitting in a sauna. Now, that's kind of interesting because a sauna typically warms your body up. Um, When I go to the gym and if I'm playing basketball or something, if I want to stretch for 10, 15 minutes before the exercise, that's great. If not, I'll go into the sauna and stretch a little bit just to get my blood flowing. All right, all right, all right. That would be a dry sauna. I don't know the difference between dry saunas and wet saunas, but we now are starting to learn like temperature extremes have something. If it doesn't kill you, maybe it makes you better. Maybe it doesn't, but it doesn't kill you. So you're seeing people take, you know, uh, big old recycling bins and, and filling them up with ice water. And you see people like LeBron James getting the cryotherapy rooms that, you know, drops your temperature. So we're starting to say there's a new way of thinking about things, and I I like that and I hate that because for me – and I know you're saying, please make this all about you. I like that and I hate that because for me, uh, we're talking about something along the lines of um, we have to change the way we think so that we don't get caught up and kind of stuck in your ways. Because it's easy to to do that. And like, it's easy to say GE is always going to be GE. It'll always come back. Or tech stocks are the right place to be forever. Um, I've got credit card rewards, and so far, everything's gone great in my life. It'll always be that way. So, when you start to learn to look outside the box and say, what's up with this cold water, hot water thing? Maybe there, and you start seeing studies that you can reduce your chance of stroke. I mean, shouldn't we all be sitting in a sauna now for 10, 15 minutes a day, getting our, our extreme heat warmed up? It seems like it. California is due for a mega flood. Have you heard this story recently? First and foremost, do you have flood insurance? Have you checked your insurance? Do you know anything about your insurance? You know that they actually have people who work at call centers who will answer your questions. So all you have to do is put in your little AirPods, walk around the house, do some dishes, and talk to someone about your insurance and see see where you are. California is due for a mega flood. It's going to take out $725 billion in damage. This is according to a coordinator report from the US Geological Survey. Now do you think the people in, in Arkansas and Mississippi are going to be as loving to us when we have a flood as we are to them when they've got tornadoes? So when you hear about SF Airport and gonna be underwater in a hundred years, what's that do for the real estate value there? Good question. You should ask questions before you lose the ability to. Rental bubbles. Rents are just fun things to study. The more rental signs you see out there, the tougher the rental market. Are you with me? If you see a sign advertising for lease, for rent, it it tells you that A, someone left unexpectedly, and B, someone wasn't lined up right after that person left, and C, landlords hate that because they're missing rent. The median asking rent for a one-bedroom apartment in the U.S. rose 1.4% in April. Now, some markets are obviously calmer, and some markets are obviously more explosive. But the median asking rent for one-bedroom apartments rose 1.4 percent. For two-bedroom apartments, it's rose 2.2 percent. So, one-bedroom runs about 1,100 a month, almost 1,200. A two-bedroom apartment in the United States about 1,422. So, the median asking rent for one-bedroom apartment suddenly surged by double digits in November. So there's kind of like an uneven chop going on here, and the market's not quite ready for it. And there's a lot more for rent signs going up. The most expensive city, obviously, to rent in the United States, San Francisco. One-bedroom apartment rose 2.1% year-over-year to $3,400. But it peaked in October 2015 when it was $4,500. So 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, and we haven't had peak rents. In fact, they're starting to come lower, but they're they're trying to climb back, but they've been lower for three years. so you're you're not you're not keeping up with inflation. you're kind of bouncing around after hitting a top, and that's got people worried. One of the biggest questions I see out there is when I get married, should I keep my money together or separate from my spouse? It's a good question. That's up to you. I'm not your your nanny. Money is a common source of stress. Couples think that they need to share everything from spit to Ah. bodily secretions to babies to, you know, let's split the decision on, like, where we live. It's like you, you don't have to split everything, and it may be too stressful for you. You need to be able to talk about everything, but you may not have to split everything or share everything. Every good marriage is based on some separation. I think it's important that you be able to vacation on your own. I think it's important that you have friends on your own. And I think at times it's, o- it's okay to have money on your own and not to be, like, constantly, you know, running. Like, I wonder if I should go out and buy myself a $200 fur coat. I know you're saying $200 fur coat. It's made out of real rat fur. Which, would it be uncool to wear a rat skin jacket? Probably, right? No way. But I think two bank accounts can be better than one. I don't think it has to be all or nothing. I think it should be some co-joined and co-mingled. Some of your finances are unavoidably intertwined when you share a home. You know, you can't have one person paying it and not the other. So I think that should be, you know, conjoined on some level. So yeah, I, I think you know talking about money and keeping things separate. I, I get it, and I think one of the flaws is that we live in Worlds where we grow up thinking, I wonder if Cinderella shared her taxes with Prince Charming. I wonder. I wonder who did their taxes. Would she have been a disappointed to learn that he wasn't really a prince, it was just a title, and that he actually didn't have any land or any any, any buildings? I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me on the line at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Except for Pokemon. Although Pokemon is actually kind of fun to talk about, because it's, again, we talk a lot about, like, currency and points on credit cards and investing and stock market and inflation. And I don't like what I'm seeing. I'll be quite honest with you. I don't like what I'm seeing in the world of inflation, higher oil prices and higher interest rates. Is now a 12 month story, and that will eventually—it's like turn on the, the heat on your on your water, and it'll eventually boil and become a problem if you're a frog inside of said pot. Same thing with the stock market; it'll eventually become a problem for our economy, which will become a problem with the stock market if we see rising borrowing costs and rising energy costs. You see a little bit of wage inflation, and businesses are suddenly getting hit on multiple levels of higher costs. So, in order to stay profitable, they raise prices, and that slows down the economy even more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, I do appreciate you as a listener. I will do my best to get you to retirement while getting myself to retirement. I will at times point out the obvious. Black Panther, for instance, rocked it for Disney, and it made up for some problems that they have at ESPN. They're going to figure out their problems at ESPN. It's not like it's not known. Disney produces more blockbuster franchises, but the stock shrugs. Wasn't Disney supposed to move higher on Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and then no? And then weren't they supposed to move higher because Black Panther was, was a hit? It was a surprise. It was a big-time hit surprise out of nowhere. But the world looks at Disney and compares them to Netflix, and the world looks at Disney and compares them to to the flaw of TV, of, of ESPN, and cord cutters. The bulk of Disney's revenue comes from its media networks, which includes ESPN and ABC. So when that's the case... You know, the movie divisions like suddenly become a little, you know, different and uh, the theme parks a little different. You have to like figure out what you're owning and why you're owning it. So they've recently announced ESPN Plus, which is a streaming service. And I don't know much about WWE, no, no, not WWE, UFC Ultimate Fighting, but I think they signed a 13 fight year package with UFC. So they're trying to make their streaming service a little more legit, per se, with what they offer. They don't want it to totally cannibalize the cable side of their business. But they also don't want to start something that's not going to be as successful as Netflix. So that's out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Bitcoin has become a bit too dramatic for me. I don't like the drama. I don't like the all, it's going to make billionaires, or nothing, people are going to lose millions. Uh, too much drama for me. And I, I want things that could be analyzed and not things that can create too much drama in my life. 800-516-1220, to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. There's now a shortage of EpiPens in the United States. Do you remember the CEO of Mylan Labs, Heather Brush, and Congress getting just in a Fuhrer? God, can I say Fuhrer? I said Nazis today, and I said Fuhrer. I, I'm, a, I'm not trying to say Fuhrer like leader kind of guy. I'm trying to say Fury, Fury, Furotic episode. So Mylan distributes the emergency allergy, allergy medication. Says supplies available, but there's some intermittent supply constraints. This is something that saves people's lives. The Food and Drug Administration said that EpiPen's the emergency allergy medication are currently in storage. The agency noted that there's intimate supply constraints, but that there is a shortage. Do you remember the congressman getting all angry because EpiPen raised the price of an EpiPen? from $93 to $608 for something that saves your life in case you have an allergic reaction, right? Um, And that ultimately, the government got her in front, the CEO of Milan in front of them, and said, you know, do you sell any of those to Congress? And they go, yeah. She goes, yeah, and how many? And we did the math, and it was like, we're overselling them to the United States by about $1.2 billion. But is it overselling if when push comes to shove, there's a shortage. Is something worth more when it's in short supply? Is it illegal for my neighbor to charge $2.1 million to sell his house to you when a couple of years ago he bought it for 700000 It's a good question. So anyway, they're back in the news with the shortage of EpiPens. Could you see that one coming, or is that a surprise? Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Thanks for listening. I always have seminars coming up. Use the radio 25 for free. Code rating radio 25 and for free. See you soon.